I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the latest episode of The Rogue Report. Uh, some heavy news today, really. Welcomed almost universally, I'm sure, is that Simon Grayson's departed Sunderland AFC after just 18 games in charge. It's almost pointless drawing on the Bolton game now, since the axe has already fallen on Simon, but we'll be talking about that great big Allardyce-shaped hole at the club and where we go from here, really. As ever, I'm your illustrious host, Damien. Joining me today, we've got Gavin, we've got Michael Graham, and we've got Jim Holmes. Gentlemen, how are you all today? All right. That's about it. Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Nice and better. Well, been better, yeah. <laughs> so let's get right in the nitty-gritty of it then. Basically, Jim, you only recently came around to the idea of ditching Grace and rolling the dice again. How do you feel about the news that he's gone now? Uh, I think it's I think it's a, a good decision. I think the club have made the, the right decision at the right time. They've given him time, haven't they? They've, he's had sufficient time to try and get the best out of this group of players. And I think, and as Sunderland fans, we're all in, a, in agreement that this team should not be second bottom of a league. You know, it's um, mm. it's been thoroughly disappointing. Um, I mean, if you think that Grayson always gave the impression that he was really, really happy to be here. And I don't think anyone can, you know, would feel badly. Well, we all feel bad for the bloke, don't we? Because he seems like a, a nice bloke. And I just think he gave, gave the impression that the job was probably a bit too big for him. Um, mm. I mean, he's, if you take on last night's evidence, you know, I mean, Bolton are absolutely awful. And to the, the, the way that the way we defended for their three goals was just was just utterly awful, and you know that's been a that's been systematic of this season. Uh, you know, um, we started off quite well against Derby at home, and I actually thought there was quite a bit of promise there. But it seems the longer he's had with the team, you know, the worse and worse and worse it's got. Um, mm. You know, it's he, he was billed as this manager that was meant to get us organised and. Uh, we're anything we're probably the mo- the least organized I've ever seen us you know I think it was it, it's just really he's been really poor he's been disappointing um, and I think at the end of the day the job was just a bit too big for him um, God knows where we go from here though <laughs> it's a bloody good question isn't it I mean I, I sort of agree with you in the sense um, with regards to he, it getting worse do you know what I mean but you have to question did it actually get worse because it seemed like we were making inroads or he was making inroads with the squad at times like you say towards the end there seemed to be more positives to take from the performances yeah but I mean at the start I mean you think we got we got a point at point against Derby then we then we got then we beat Norwich and then we got a couple of other good good away results and we thought actually you know you know we, we might we might have a 
an outside chance of the playoffs here. Mm-hmm. And then we, we've gone on such a dire run without not just losing games, but but drawing games and, and also chucking away just so many easy goals. You know, it's yeah. just, it's been just so disappointing. Like, and I, I wasn't at the game last night, but I mean, the, watching it on the stream, the uh, the atmosphere just looked just look dire you know just so there's so much apathy when we talk about this word apathy all the bloody time and it just seems to be the only way you can describe it I mean every everyone just kind of given up I mean when when they scored their third it, it wasn't like a, a Steve Bruce versus Wigan moment you know when everyone turned on him it was more just like oh oh you know it's, we expected this to happen you know we've conceded again it was an utter shambles defensively you know and um, to be honest I didn't expect him to go as quickly as he did I expected him to probably get the get the borough game as well, but I'm I'm glad to see the back of him. Fair enough. I mean, you mentioned, as I said, some positives as well towards the end. I mean, would it be fair to say that considering he did some good business in the transfer window, some good business, and we've been scoring goals, if even if we have been shipping them as well. I mean, would it be fair to say that with a little bit more money, he might have had a a better chance at things? What would you make of that gap? No, I don't agree with that. No, I think I think regardless no. of the spend, I think he's still got quite a talented squad for this division. Um, to be to be right down there, um, struggling like we are, is is you know nowhere near the expectation that most fans had at the start of the season. I think although we weren't expecting mm. promotion candidates and sitting in the playoffs, I think we were expecting to be around the middle. You know, uh, winning one, maybe losing one, but you know, generally being pretty happy with progress if you can see it. The issue, the issue with Grayson, I think, was that everything that he brought to the table just didn't seem to click. There was, you know, when he first walked through the door, he was he was saying the right things, you know, and he said things which I could resonate with. I like the idea that he, he felt, you know, it most important that the club reconnects with the supporters and, and is able to um, bring in players who want to be at Sunderland. But the problem is he then followed that up with, you know, handing the captaincy to Lamine Coney and, and decisions like that, you know, which sort of you know made it out to be more nothing more than lip service in, in, what, in what Grayson was saying to us um, but the I guess the issue is really that for the players that he brought in and he did bring in some good players Johnny Williams is you know well liked pretty much everywhere he's been uh, Aidan McGeady was play, player of the season at Preston last year uh, you know Callum McManaman experienced top flight winger who's never played really um, add to that all the rest of the, the players that he brought in the likes of Tyus Brown's been injured Galloway has disappeared from the side but I mean at the time we were happy with these these signings and he just hasn't been able to mesh it it's been it's been a you know a long four months it's it's felt a lot longer than, than it has been and uh, Grace, Grayson's big issue I guess was that he just wasn't able to, to get his ideas across and the players as much as as we're told uh, that they, they liked him and you know they wanted him to do well from the were playing for him I just wasn't seeing it on the pitch and you know it's it's got to the stage where it didn't really matter what changes he made or you know what tweaks in the system he made none of it worked um, and there's a lot more to, mm. to management than just picking a team and putting it out on the pitch game management's probably just as important and Grayson had a big issue with game management sense and danger knowing when the right time to make changes was like I mean even last night uh, he left it far too late to bring Duncan Watmore and, and McNair on I thought a little bit early on the game we might have been alright and he, it was just small things like, you know, you pick up on them every week um, and Grayson Grace really he, he didn't have a way of counteracting that he didn't have a way of, of finding his feet I guess in games where they were there for the taking like last night was there for the taking um, Bolton are not a great side that was that team I watched last night will go down no, no doubt about it they might go down with us but that Bolton team will go down they're, they're nothing uh, special yet, yet we were able to concede three goals against a side who've conceded two all year um, so it's 
I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I feel a little sorry for Simon Grayson. I think that he's, um, he certainly came in with the best intentions and he, and he didn't, certainly didn't want it to go as badly as it did. And I think, I think everybody could see that he would, he genuinely liked being here. Um, but I think Sunderland are in such a hole at the minute and we're, we're in such a deep, you know, dark situation that it takes more than just somebody coming along to tell us everything's all right. A yes, man. What what this club needs is we need that Roy Keane figure. We need somebody who's going to come in mm. and is going to you know wield the axe where it's needed. But he's going to be ruthless and he's going to he's going to make sure that these players are well drilled for whatever game we're playing because that's not what we've seen this season. We've we've seen a disorganised bunch of players who really should be doing better going out on the pitch every week with no idea of of, of what they're, they're actually meant to do. Hmm. I mean, it's, would it be fair on that note then? I mean, I'll, I'll ask Michael now. Michael, you've been around a bit. You've been around a oh, couple of times as a Sunderland fan. <laughs> I mean, what do you make of this this scenario now with Grayson? Do you think it was deserved? Do you think he had to go? Yeah, I think he had to go. I think he got a little bit too much time, really, based on everything that we've seen. He's, he's You know, any manager worth his salt would take one look at that team and take one look at the season as a whole and think to himself, all I've got to do is stop this team from conceding and goals and organise it because there was enough in the team to, to be scoring goals you know that team is going to score a goal pretty much every single week and we shouldn't be needing three goals a game to be getting a point against the likes of Brentford against the likes of you know a Bolton Wanderers you know these these aren't good teams we, we, we should be needing to score one goal to get a point one goal to maybe win it because there's enough in that team and he just he was just I mean you actually mentioned that it was it getting worse or was it getting better and things from my point of view it was just staying the mm. same it was the same thing I mean I, I, I think that you know um, like me a Gav goes to like every single home game at least yeah. and, and we, we turn up knowing what to expect we turn up mm. expecting us to like to, to, to concede a ridiculously a, a soft goal at a very very bad time and that's why when Bolton scored um, the second and third there wasn't any surprise there wasn't any kind of reaction from the fans in terms of you know we're going to be up for it you know it's it, like it's a blow it felt like it was you know we, we, we were basically sitting there waiting for the exact same thing mm. to happen all over again and it did and that's been what and that's what's been happening every single week and the fact that he couldn't even see it um you know I, i'm almost more annoyed by the fact that he, he he couldn't see it than the fact that he couldn't actually change it because i think if he'd actually tried to like change something if we'd seen some kind of of difference in shape if he'd made the team more compact and said right this week we're just gonna see that's the only thing that we want don't concede if he just actually changed something like that and it fails i could i could have more sympathy for him but the fact that he he was so incapable of actually seeing it and then after the game came out with total nonsense just lying mm. to the fans faces and you know we, we aren't stupid we're you know we're, we're, mm. we actually know what we're actually watching here and the fact it was coming out and you know lying about it, just fibbing about it, you know, just getting me back up more, more every single week, saying that you know Jason Steele can be pleased with the way that he's played, and you know we were unlucky <laughs> in this game. And well, it's interesting what everyone keeps talking about with uh, how he had no sort of room to manoeuvre in the transfer window and things like that, because it's been said that we've been shipping goals, and that that is absolutely true. I mean, Michael mentioned uh, about seeing or hoping to see some sort of change, like some sort of intention to um, to stop that from happening. But I think we saw, we saw a lot of defensive changes and we, we saw a lot of restructuring to begin with, uh, certainly within the first 10 games under his, under his tenure. And it was, I mean, a lot of his substitutions were, were defensive substitutions originally. 
And since Graben's come back, since Watmore's come back, we've seen real attacking impetus, you know. I think I think we have got a good attacking team there. And I don't think it's necessarily true to say that he didn't have the team as co or any more coherent by the end of um, yeah, by the end of his reign than he did at the beginning. I think I think he was building something there. And I really does does no one think there's an argument for the defence being absolute dross. And if they were perhaps better, then we wouldn't be in this situation. What do you think, James? Well, it, it, it also that comes down to Simon Grayson's inability to pick a consistent eleven. You know, he's he, he, we haven't had a settled back four at any point this season. You know, he's it's, whether it be Steele coming in and out and Reuter coming in. You know, we've had Kone and O'Shea. We've had Williams and Kone. Um, so yeah, Williams and Kone. We've had John O'Shea. We, it's changed so many times that how can you build yeah. a coherent defensive unit when every single week, you know, it's it's changed round. Um, you know, he's, he seemed to stick with uh, Ndong and Catamol for, for longer than was needed, but changed his defensive unit every single week. Um, that that is that is fault. Mm. Uh, and you, you know you've got to build mm, yeah. from the back. Sam Allardyce was one of the firm believers in the fact that you, you know you have to have a solid defensive unit, and they, they, it might take time for 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 people to get used to playing with each of this. But if he changes it every bloody week, it's never going to build that. Um, so, so I you think there's enough there. You think there's enough there defensively for him for a better manager to have oh, gotten uh, better results. Po- possibly, well, certainly better than we've had so far. Um, I mm, think. I think yeah. He, I think he lacked confidence, Grayson, in that sense. I think he was, he was picking at the start of the season, picking what he thought it was his was his best team. I think by the end, he had no bloody clue what his best team was. And I think mm. that 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 lineup he picked last night was a final throw of the dice with with so many desperate changes that had Mark Wilson come in and you had you know multiple changes, and I. You know, I, I I just think he he lost complete confidence in you know his his own selection, um, and I'd hope that there is enough to work there. There's certainly enough to work with that we're better than what we have currently. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, fair enough. I can see that point. I can certainly. I mean, I wouldn't say that he was given. A, a, I've never agreed that he was dealt a bad hand or anything like that. So I would agree with that. About I mean, Gav. Looking at things now, obviously it's it's difficult to say who might be coming in. Obviously, the rumor mills in full swing, and um, it could mm. be anyone right now. But what sort of thing? What sort of thing are you looking for in a manager now? What would you hope for? I'm act- I'm actually torn because I think I think there's a number of you know issues at play here with Sunderland. One of the main ones being that uh, there's a massive disconnect between what happens on the pitch and what happens off it. Um, and obviously, if we can bring in a manager who can reignite that that partnership, then we we know exactly what's under capable of. When when you've got a, a strong figurehead, at, 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 you know the, the forefront of the club, what the fans you know can get behind. We, we've seen it when um, last when Allardyce was manager, Roy Keane the last time we were in the championship. Um, managers that the fans you know, could relate to really, and and knew that we had full faith in whatever they were going to do, change on the pitch, bring players in. We we just knew that. Uh, they wouldn't accept anything other than the best. The the issue that I had with Grayson a lot of the time was that, um, like Michael said before, he would tell us and lie to us about certain players' performances when we've watched the game ourselves, telling us they've played well. Mm. Um, where Roy Keane would be very honest when he was manager, and he would, you know, he wouldn't, he wasn't scared of of telling certain players or telling us about certain players and 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 mentioning that they had a bad game, which we appreciate as fans. We appreciate honesty more than perhaps anything. Um, so whoever replaces Simon Grayson, I think, is going to have to come in and is going to have to 
maybe look at what what he did wrong. Maybe look at what David Moyes did wrong, and and just try and try and just get back on the same page as the fans. And it, it's it's more than just words. Grayson Grayson said the right things a lot of the time, but he he didn't. I don't think he actually quite knew what he was getting himself into and I think that's probably the next thing next manager has to know exactly what they're coming into um, they have to be very honest from the off about the chances of improving things and um, they have to be sure of their own ability I think I think that football hmm. I'm is just, a very simple game I'm just thinking with that in mind sorry to cut you out but with that in mind who could we possibly attract <laughs> it's just like oh they have well, to yeah. know what they're getting the themselves is, in, into they've got to be confident in their own ability so that's nobody <laughs> there's nobody that no, confident the, the in their thing, own ability the thing is though that, the thing is though I think there is I think there are maybe, maybe not known managers but there are people mm. out there who are very sure of their ability and the problem with Sunderland is that I don't think we've got it in within us to, to go out seeking a manager from well certainly not somebody that that's not a known name or from down the yeah. leagues I think we'd probably bring in a free agent someone that's known and that's not mm. that's not necessarily what we need we need somebody who has either got a very high profile and we know what they're going to come in and do or we need somebody from from thinking outside the box maybe someone who's doing well at a club further down the chain um, and, I, and I know that's kind of where Grayson came from but I mean I mean a real winner somebody who's won things doesn't have to just be you know the championship but it could be at any level really as long as the, as long as the show and astute you know um, knowledge for tactics and, and you know man management and really are sure of their mm. own ability I don't think they can fail that Sunderland I think there's a, there's a there's enough there to work with um, and obviously the, the state of play at the minute is that supporters are um, fully expecting a relegation battle so if somebody can come in and just stabilise us just for this season um, then the, the fans will get behind whatever they're trying to achieve and I think it's it's more than just it's more than just words because I mean we're sick of being fed lies really we're sick of being told that everything's alright when it isn't I think I think what we need now is just somebody who's brutal somebody who's going to come in and they're going to they're going to really nail the issue at Sunderland which I believe is a, is a, a deep deep rooted problem but it's a it's a it's a an attitude of failure that's gone on for a long time. It, it runs more than just through the the senior team, but quite clearly through the coaching um, side of things, and and even down the chain to the, the youth sides who are struggling at the minute too. There's a there's a problem at Sunderland culture. The culture of the club is, I think, broken. Um, and it's going to take a big personality, somebody to come in and lift the place to to really take us forward. And I think um, that's maybe why you're seeing people talk about the likes of. Kevin Ball and Peter Reid because those are names that we, we generally associate with um, with success and winners really and I think that's the that's the big one within the fan base that it doesn't have to be Kevin Ball or a, or a Kevin Phillips or a Peter Reid just somebody who have got a proven track of winning and, and really proven on a, on a on a maybe even a larger scale that when they, when they come to a club like Sunderland they're capable of doing something yeah, and they're not just here to pick up an easy wage and kind of like treat the job of contempt in the way that David Moyes did um, so it's, an, it's an exhaustive list that you're giving me for what you want yeah. from a manager. It's, it's, it's hard, like it's, it's 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 almost impossible for the club to get it spot on, isn't it? It's it's this is the mm. most important uh, appointment that well certainly in my lifetime as a Sunderland fan because I've never been this disillusioned with the club. Um, and you look at what people want. We want we want a manager who knows the club. Um, but then we also want a manager, you know, who has experience. But then there's people also want a manager who's, you know, young and he's he's energetic. Uh, we also want a winner. We can't tick all the boxes, and we've got to be realistic on who we can get. Now, I I, I imagine what will happen is we'll end up with Stockdale for a couple of weeks, and then they're going to have to look at what managers are out of work because if if we're really as skint as we are that we think we are, they're not going to be able to tempt anyone who's proven it. Who's, who's in a job not going to be able to tempt them away are they? Yeah. 
True enough. True I think, enough. I mean, yeah, I think I think that fans have to be realistic about what we what we actually can get here because you know I mean we're, we're all like given the basically a big list of everything that we want and that manager doesn't exist. He's for mm. us. He's just not actually there. That's that's you know you're talking about your a dream kind of sort of like like person there. Every club in the world wants one of them. What Sam we want. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm, the thing is with him is that yeah he, he does tick the, the box where he's a big personality and you know he would he, he would get them to, uh, uh, doing everything on the like pitch well but we have this other box which says can't spend much money has to do it on a budget you know and he doesn't tick that box you know whatever okay. you want to uh, uh, say about him and you know i'm a huge fan of his i think he's got a lot of uh, great stuff which i was I love at the club, but he's going to want to come in. He's going to want to do deals with agents. He's going to want to take his cut. And that's how he does that like job. And that's just what he's going to want to do. He's not going to come here. We need someone who's going to be... Well, I mean, Gab actually nailed it there. We have to kind of like get the kind of this list of everything that we want and see what we want most, what's most important. For me, this club, what it really needs is a big personality, just to breeze through the whole club, sweep everything away, and we also, we, we like almost need someone who's going to who's got such a huge like huge like um a, a personality at the club that they're going to become they're going to override the every, every all of the bad habits and the bad culture at the club and they're going to become it you know they're going to take it all on yeah. like their shoulders um, and that's and i can see why people are looking back at the likes of like of, of, of like um, Peter reed and stuff because Peter Reed's been here. He kind of he's done that here before. You know, he like uh, took over uh, the like first time we were in the exact same spot. You know, so I can't see why people look at him. And and, and I honestly have no idea who this club needs. Absolutely no idea. To be honest, I was being facetious when I when I say some holidays, but you are exactly right in the sense that the the only thing that I really want from this manager is to be larger than life and to have a massive yeah. personality because it's yeah. you look at Roy Keane and I'm sorry, Roy Keane is not the best tactical manager, but I tell you what, he came in and he just he was such a personality, he had such like he's such a huge, huge person, you know. I mean, he'd accomplished so much in the game. That's the kind of person we need to come in and just, you know, inspire. You know, yeah. we need to inspire people. That, that's all I want. I, I don't want to, because people have said, um, what's his <clears> name? <throat> Cran, uh, Cran, is his name? Cranka, for who is um, Manor. And he'd be useless. I'm sorry, he's not got any personality. He walked away from Borough a couple of times. I want. I want someone with a with a huge personality to come in um, and re-energize the fan base because that's that's actually what's sorely needed. It's interesting people talking about every every sort of category that or every box that's being ticked for what you want. It's um, I'm comparing it with our old managers, you know, and it's like big personality, huge personality came to the club. Uh, Paolo De Canio, that was that was one, that was a huge personality that didn't go down too well. Interestingly enough, Paolo De Canio is exactly the sort of level that I would expect to get at this where we are now with what little money we've got. The interesting thing about getting, uh, while I agree with you, I agree with you all, well, 100%. That's what we need. Uh, I think that's even less likely than getting somebody who can stabilise the team on a budget. I think that's even less likely than that. Because 
people like that get picked up and swept away already, you know. So I think if that was at all possible, as has been previously mentioned, it would it would have to be someone who is already in with the club, somebody who we already know. Um, Kevin Ball's name's been bandied around a bit. It's not something that anyone's expecting to happen. Um, but, but it has been mentioned. It was mentioned before Grayson was sacked. We all discussed it. And a few people mentioned that they would take him. I'm sure a lot of fans would take him at this point. Now, obviously, that has its, uh, its pros and cons, you know, because while he does know the club, he certainly ticks that box and he has got a big personality um, as a manager tactically is he capable of, of sorting out the squad that we've got I don't know uh, technically speaking it wouldn't say so like his um, his career so far wouldn't highlight that he's he's capable of doing that I don't think he hasn't but then again if we're talking about giving a chance to an inexperienced person an inexperienced manager then would it not be better to go for someone like Kevin Ball or Robbie Stockdale even you know Robbie Stockdale who arguably has more success on his CV considering what he did with the reserve teams couple of, over the last couple of years not Stockdale what do you think, James? he's not Stockdale because he's he's been there throughout the last few managers and he's had no impact I don't get the feeling that Robbie Stockdale's a massive personality he might be well liked in the dressing room I don't want someone that's well liked in the dressing room I want someone to come in like a. I, I, I can't looking at the names that have been linked. I mean, you've got some such dross on there. I mean, if we appoint someone like Paul Lambert, I mean, that's just going to make things worse. You know, I mean, the, the, the people on that list. I mean, you've got like Nigel Pearson. He's a big personality, I guess. He's not you know going to say before, before you before you go any further. That is, who, I said it before we got Grayson that I would have taken Nigel Pearson. Now I, I I know I'm not his biggest fan either, to be honest with you. But I think he's exactly the sort of, especially if we're talking about players uh, managers who aren't going to take any shit. I think that's exactly the sort of personality you need. But then again, he does he does come out with some nonsense, and he's exactly the sort of scandal attracting person that I would expect Sunderland to appoint you know what I mean why, why, why change the habit of a lifetime yeah why change the habit of a lifetime get this, this scandal seeker you look at the list okay. game, and, and I mean we all cannot stand the bloke but you look at them look at someone like Alan Pardew and we I honestly I, I, I can't stand him but he has a track record of going into clubs motivated people having a good couple of seasons and then dropping off completely but actually what we need at the moment is someone who does that who who can at least get them going and get them out of this relegation fight I mean I don't you know that's the kind of manager we, we need to look at people saying it's Gordon Strachan and stuff it's I don't think that he does have that. I mean, he went into Charlton and failed. He went into Southampton and failed. You Southampton know? fans actually quite liked him. They, they, yeah, they but thought he didn't he was actually achieve to... anything with. Him. No, but he, but he got them. He got them back up into the playoff places in League One, and then obviously there was that controversy around. Um, mm. he apparently, he slept with one of the players' wives, which you expect from someone like Alan Pardew. Yes, I'm not saying like <laughs> Alan Pardew is the man for Sunderland right now. All I'm all I'm saying is you need we need to motivate them in someone of that ilk. Someone like, to be honest, if, if, he, if he was out of work, someone like Neil Warnock would have been perfect for the rest of the season, just to kind of get them organised and, and get them out of the mess they're in. I mean, it's interesting. Someone like that, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We're just speculating at the end of the day, aren't we? So, <laughs> I mean, we, we've been going for quite a while talking about this. Obviously, it's a big subject. I'm sure soon enough we'll all get an answer and we'll, we'll have an opinion on that. I mean, let's, let's briefly now then, while we've still got a little bit of time, let's just... Look ahead. Let's look ahead to what's going on. Um, obviously, we've got Middlesbrough coming up. Um, we've had a couple of people, a couple of journalists banding names around on Twitter and things like that, saying who's going to be where. We we have no idea, really, to be honest. Um, 
logic would dictate in a situation like this that they, if they haven't uh, picked a new manager, then you would have someone like Robbie Stockdale in charge. So, Michael, how do you fancy our chances against middle, a team like Middlesbrough with uh, <laughs> Robbie Stockdale on the touchline? Uh, I didn't I fancy it until, you know, at any point, I fancy it even less now that we don't have anybody in sort of charge for it. It's just, you know, I think it's it's obviously, a, it was always going to be a, a really, really a tough game anyway wasn't it it was I think it was always going to be one that you would look at and think if we get a point it's a good point um, but you wouldn't necessarily expect anything more than that but um, I just think I just think that there's nothing whether Grayson's there or not whoever's there there's the, 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 the team the squad have done absolutely nothing to inspire any kind of confidence or faith whatsoever so it's, it's very very hard to look forward to like any game at the minute, regardless of what else is going on around it, it's very difficult to look forward to any game. And and mm. in, in that regard, nothing has actually changed. Nothing. Right. So it's fair enough to say that going up against Borough with Robbie Stockdale in the dugout, it's not really a, it's not really the best situation for us. What do you make of that, Jim? To be honest, I think well, it'll end up much of the same. I mean, have any of us seen anything in Robbie Stockdale to suggest that he's going to improve on what Grayson is achieving? I, I mean, I very much doubt it. Um, he's been here through I mean I guess he was here through Sam Allardyce but you know Moyes and Grayson you know have both been unmitigated disasters so I mean obviously he's meant to be well liked within the dressing room but as I said I don't think that counts for counts for shit um, mm. I mean at least a, a Borough have, have only lost one in the last five they've won their last two um, but they're not that great at home are they they've only won one in their last six I think it is at home so with it being a derby game I guess anything could happen um, it's, a der- it's a derby game now isn't it I remember when I was asked that yeah, it wasn't last ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, is that a derby no is it now yes 100%, 100%. anything you know I mean to be honest this is the kind of game maybe if because it's at it's at Borough isn't it so you know they see it as their biggest game I think it'd be interesting to see the fan turnout for the Borough game, to be honest, I mean, I'm I, well. Actually, to be fair, our away is always sold out, so I'm, I'm or thereabouts. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not really that concerned about. I suppose that wouldn't really make that much difference. But I am interested to see the fan turnout of the next home game. You know, that's something that I'm I'm definitely going to be curious about because I, I want to see if, if fans are just disillusioned with bad football or if they're disillusioned with the club in general. You know what I mean? So a that little bit of hope it, it 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 brings that little bit of hope, doesn't it? When, it, it's, it does. when there's a big change. I think like with it being this is probably this is obviously the biggest game of the season. Um, it's a derby game. We've just sacked our manager. We need to get something from it. Really, this is the kind of game where we need these inadvertent characters, big characters in the dressing room. You need your Catamols and your John O'Shea's and the people who've completely who've been completely underperformed this year. These are the players that will most likely come back in. Um, and they, and they need to perform, and they need to show us as fans that they're not just you know gutless sacks of shit because that's that's what they've that's what they've been in the last year and a half. You know, I mean, the Bolton game was absolutely dire. It really was. I mean, Bolton are the worst side I've seen at Sadie Malai in a long, long time, and we conceded three against them, and that's primarily because I don't think there was any desire. There wasn't any desire to defend. There wasn't. They weren't chucking their bodies on the line, and there weren't. It just seemed a bit lacklustre. If we're like that against Borough in a derby game, we'll get absolutely hammered. If it is Robbie Stockdale who's who's going to be in charge, then he needs to get him up for it. He needs to get him. He needs to get him organised. You know, first and foremost. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I was saying just before this about how Robbie Stockdale would be 
arguably better qualified than some managers to come in and take over. Um, he has that. I mean, you say his relationship with players in the dressing room isn't really relevant. And I, I agree, particularly if you look at the fact that most of our players wouldn't really have developed that much of a bond with him. But when you look at some of the younger players and the way, uh, uh, this is just pure speculation, I'm just spitballing it, but the way the development squad has been negatively affected by the absence of some of their more prolific players, you know, like Honeyman, Watmore, since they made a, a gooch, since they made a jump up to the first team, you wonder, is it them? Is it just the, because they, they had a really good, uh, good couple of seasons, actually, to be honest. I mean, with, um, with Welsh and Stockdale running things, you know, so that, that that's something that I find really interesting. I'm, I'd be curious to see if he could get more out of, um, individuals like a Soro, you know what I mean? Players like that. What, what would you say, Michael? Do you think that something like that's possible? Do you think he has a, enough of a rapport with these younger players that he could maybe get something more out of them than Grayson could? Um, not really, no. I think um, I think a Stockdale's job, any coach's job, is to be a friend. You know, they're yeah. there to be the mate, you know, and to sort of like to uh, relay things to... Uh, I'd be like manager and everything and uh, and and to be honest that's the i think that's the last thing that this club needs they don't need someone who's going to be a mate to people they need someone who's going to nail players you know when they've haven't put in a shift when they've made a mistake that they really shouldn't have when they've done something absolutely r- ridiculous on the pitch or stupid or been lazy they need someone who's going to actually stand up to them and absolutely nail them for it and that isn't that won't be be him you know he's that's just not what he's there for that they, they won't see mm. it that light and uh, i know what you're saying about it, that he might have more of a, a relationship with the a younger players but but they're not the ones who are going to get us out of this you know they're mm. They're just not what I needed at this time. I think that they're going to be very handy in in a supportive kind of role, but they're not who the club are going to look to to actually, you know, think we're in a right a right hole here. We need we need something. They're not who's going to actually do it for us. So um, I just think that you know Stockdale's someone that you can't really consider. He's not got the kind of like stature who mm. players are going to uh, uh, look up to him. If you look at someone like uh, Akone, you know who's let's be perfectly honest, he has taken the piss out of this club for, you know, months now. Is he going to, you know, look at him and think, oh, well, I'd better do what he says. You know, he's going to, you know, nail us for if, if, I, if I do something wrong here, you know? It's, no, cool, of course. It's not going to change. It's not going to change under mm-hmm. him. And you, you could even argue that, you know, having been part of um, of what's happened over the, like, last year or so, he's actually part of, of what's been wrong too, you know? I think I think he's almost tarnished by it. I think that the club just needs something very, very, very fresh. And they're, they're talking about, you know, as we're doing this, we don't know who this... Uh, a new a short-term manager is going to be. Um, I wouldn't. I would. I would rather that we brought someone, someone experienced from outside of the club to do it. Someone who yeah. hasn't been involved, even if it is, you know, yeah. a bead or a, a ball, or you know, just someone very experienced who's just going to come in and say, right, for for, for like two weeks, I'm going to take it over. And then, you know, someone's just looking at it completely fresh. Someone who the players can look at fresh. I mean, one of the interesting concerns that have been raised by some is uh, when it comes to, myself included, when it comes to things like um, paying off Simon Grayson. Now, obviously, we don't know any details of Simon Grayson's contract. Um, You would have thought that someone like Martin Bain would have engineered it so 
that there was no substantial payoff to a manager or to Grayson in particular if, if he were to go, if he was to be unable to do the job that he was brought in to do. Still, though, there must be some small amount of payoff because he, I, I mean, we're told that he was sacked, you know, like I, I thought he could have walked, but if he was sacked, there's got to be some sort of payoff there. And when you consider how uh well how low our funds are like really really super duper low i mean uh, uh, the sort of sum you're talking about even for a manager like grayson i mean if you look at i think david moyes was like three million payoff wasn't it something like that now i think it's reasonable to assume that grayson would have accepted a lower wage than moyes and again though he may have accepted some clauses in his contract whatever that might be but still we're talking about at least half a mil surely i mean considering yeah Somewhere some around, around that. Yeah. And when you're looking at the fact that that's what, that would, could potentially make up 25% of our transfer budget. Or 50%, when you, probably. <laughs> or 50%. <laughs> yeah, this, this is quite a difficult situation, isn't it? Because although normally at this sort of time, you'd be saying, oh, well, fantastic. You know, we've, got, we've only got a month or so until the January transfer window or two months until the January transfer window. Um, and then we'll give him some funds and see if he can kick on from there. Looking at this situation, like I think the, they might have to have a whip round at the club, to be honest, to pay well, off Simon Grayson. <laughs> the, the thing is, this now, and I hate talking about him again because we keep harping back to the owner, but actually this is the time now, and I know he's he's already funding um, the losses year on year, but I tell you what, if we get relegated again and we can't afford to pay those losses then we go into administration, it'll be a hell of a lot worse. I think Alice Short's got a duty of care as the owner of this football club to put some put some money into it. And I know he doesn't want to hear that because he's moved back to America uh, and he's and he's got a hatchet man in charge at the moment. But unfortunately, this club's only going to drop lower and lower and lower unless we either throw some money at a good manager and give him some money to spend in January because no manager worth his salt is going to want to come in. And administration, I guess, is defined as when you can't pay your bills and an administrator has to step in and kind of see you through that process and either, what is it, Mm. stripping assets to then get you out of the hole that you're in. If you think we lost tens of millions of pounds worth of TV revenue from last year, if we dropped out of League One, we'll lose the minute amount that we already have now, again. And then the, the gates are going to drop even further. I mean, Jack Rodwell will be fine. He'll be still sat there on 60 frigging grand a week. <laughs> somehow, so, somehow we'll manage to pay him and that'll be so all. If, <laughs> even to the last thing I do, Jack Rodwell will we'll be paid this, this week. <laughs> but it, it will only get worse and worse and worse unless he puts unless he puts some money in. And I'm, I know he doesn't want to hear it because I know he's he wants to cut his losses. But whether it be Ellis Short or whether they can agree a sale as quickly as possible, whoever comes in needs money to spend because it could go from pretty ugly to pretty catastrophic very yeah. quickly. You know, it seems it seems like we're teetering on that edge already. What yeah, about you, Michael, what, what do you make of that? Do you think that some money needs to be injected by the owner, or do you think that the next manager is going to be able to manage with what he's got, which is very little? Um, I think that if there isn't much money there. I would rather use it to to pay a, a very high quality manager than mm. pay a like a decent one and then let him spend it. Mm. Um, I just think there's nothing wrong with that squad. There's absolutely nothing wrong. And if if you look at it, you know everyone says, "Oh, you know it's it's been happening for years." You know it's uh, ingrained mentality almost. I think seven of the 
the team who started like last night weren't here like last season. So yeah. it's a, a new squad. So I don't think that it needs a big injection of cash. I think, I mean, what it needs, it needs to be coached. I mean, you were talking earlier about the uh, back four and everything and how they're not really getting time to uh, make a partnership here and there. And, you know, it's, but, you know, back fours don't, I like defend teams do, and that team hasn't been coached how to how to play without the ball, and it just needs someone who's going to come in and and just teach that, drill that into them, and then what they have in the team will actually win games. So it's not. I, I don't think it's as it's as serious as we actually think. I think that you know, um, I, I would be a lot more. Uh, are concerned if we if I was looking at the team and I wasn't seeing any quality players there at all. I think that there are players there who are going to win us games in this league. We just need someone who's going to coach them, and if we have to pay a little bit more to actually get someone to do that well, and, and it's annoying that we have to say that because we're just wanting the basics here. That's all that we want, just the absolute the basics that you know Grace should have done on day one. It should have been instant, like it should be installed in them. On day one, you know, and, and obviously it, it, it just isn't there. So I think that you know we're, we aren't really asking for much, but if there is money there, I think that Ella Short might need to like find some uh, from somewhere. Otherwise, the loss that he needs to cover is going to be a lot more than he actually wants anyway. Uh, then I think that we have to spend it on a good manager, a really good manager. Yeah, he needs he needs to he needs to he needs to put his hand in his pocket. He does. He needs to go and get a good manager. But my, my concern will be. I think money to spend and a good manager come hand in hand. I, I, I think there'll be there's very few good managers out there that will be willing to come in and in them say you have no money to spend until this club changes ownership. Um, Certainly one that's capable of working within these within these uh, stringent limits. You know, yeah, I mean, exactly right. I agree with you completely. You see, you see no, I'm, I mean, I think that the managers will look at that squad in this league and think, you know, I've already got a lot to actually work with there. I don't actually need much. I think that... I would agree with that. Um, I would agree with that because my only real, um, well, gripe with this squad is the defence. And it's it's the centre-backs, moreover. I mean, we, we have a constant issue at Sunderland. We're never able to solve our left-back problem, you know. <laughs> and it, it's become a right-back problem as well, almost. But I don't know, Jones and Matthews, I'm not Jones' biggest fan. I, I think Matthews, very he, he suffered a lot through injury and just through uh, not really having a, well, disconnection, really. Um I think he's a better player than Jones, and I think Oviedo's coming good as well. He's, there's a there's a lot more to Oviedo now than there was when we first when we first got him, and he was just a carbon copy of Mankio. Really, there was there was no real difference there. Um, but certainly the centre backs, I'm not impressed by Wilson. I've never been impressed by John O'Shea. Lamine Kone is just I, I don't know what has happened to that man. I mean, I, we all know he's got one eye on the exit door. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is tragic just to just to view it separately. I know we've probably all done this in our own time, but you know when you when you take things, view them objectively, and it's like Lamin Kone. I was saying the other day. Imagine if we given Everton that player for like the twenty twenty five million that was banded about, whether that was true or not. And now you're looking at getting rid of a player who ships goals to well, doesn't ship goals, but well, yeah, it does ships goals to terrible championship teams. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like this guy was gonna. I mean, don't get me wrong, Everton are not doing exactly very well at the moment, but the sort of money that they were throwing around, certainly you would have thought that they were going to do better than they are at the moment. And to to go from that anyway, even though Everton are in the middle of a slump, do you know what I mean? They've, they've got enough money and they've got enough wherewithal to get themselves out of it. So I don't think they're a, a bad bunch at all. I think they're still a good, a massive team. So to see 
him go from being linked with a team like that to not even being able to get into the squad that ships goals to a bad Bolton team? Well, he's been is, linked, hasn't he, away? He's got apparently Brighton for five million quid. That's that's what's been linked. This is what I mean. That is scary. I mean, at this rate, I'm, I'd be amazed if anyone paid five million quid for him. We get money back. Them, be sure. is, we, take, we take five million for him now. I'd snap your hand off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, but is, is, is it going to happen? Oh, this is my point anyway, I suppose my overarching point is that while I agree with Michael, that isn't that it's not as bad a squad as Grayson made it out to be, as other players made it out to be. I would say that the defence, if we need to spend money on anything, we need to spend money on the defenders. Our, our attack with McManaman, with uh, with Williams, with Watmore, with Graban, they're all looking good. I think they're looking strong. Midfield, after we dropped Catamol, although Ndong does lose the ball all the bloody time, he's, um, he's still a better player than Catamol. Yeah, it's, it's all looking good. So, yeah, I think that's all we've got time for right now um we will come back straight back to you really with another episode when there's a new manager we'll do another episode specifically about that until then don't forget you can subscribe to us on uh acast you can subscribe to us on itunes you can catch us on rogereport.com you can also subscribe to us on youtube and that's all for now take care and this is the Roker report signing off fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com confidence starts with loving who you are and when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside you naturally radiate confidence from the inside give your skin a glow up with osea's clinically proven mega moisture duo this ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate neutral certified so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin glow from the inside out get 10 percent off your first order with code glow at oseamalibu.com that's o-s-e-a malibu.com code glow